0: You are listening to the Gateway Church located in Ferriesburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church
1: or like and follow us on Facebook where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected.
0: Well, we are in the middle of a summer series, and the summer series is called The Test. And it's a series based on the life of Joseph, which is just a great uh, Bible character to study. And this series is a series about character tests that we will all experience on our journey from dream to destiny. It's loosely based on the book by Robert Morris, From Dream to Destiny, and it's about Joseph's life. And we've said uh, in the series that Joseph was a dreamer, right? And when I think about dreams, I'm not talking just about daydreams, you know, that come and go and we don't remember. No, we're talking about dreams that are related to God's purpose for our lives. And all of us should be dreamers every person has a dream a destiny to fulfill you are a dreamer but unfortunately many people never meet their full expectation or their full uh, potential because of different uh, things that come in the way and we're going to talk about those and many times it's a character issue but you're different. And we are encouraging you this summer to dream big. In fact, we've said it is a summer of dreams. And uh, we want you to be dreaming and believing. We have three things we're doing this summer. We're believing big, we are praying big, and we are going to receive big in Jesus' name. Would you say this with me? We are going to believe big. We're going to pray big, and we are going to receive big in Jesus' name. And we're using Joseph as the example. And he is an excellent example. But don't forget, we've mentioned this a couple times now, when you look at Joseph, you might think, man, you know, this guy's got it together, right? Well, he did pass these character tests. But His life was not perfect. Joseph was not superhuman. And just like Joseph passed the pride test, which we all will face. You can pass the pride test, right? That was the original sin uh, that caught up uh, Adam and Eve. And it's the same sin that will catch up with each and every one of us. And the thing about pride is as you advance, as you uh, succeed in life, as you have more responsibility, the pride test continues to come at different levels and at different intensities. But we can pass the pride test. Also the pit test. Joseph passed that. It was the pit test. Literally thrown into a pit, right? Sold into slavery. And really, that's the idea that sometimes we experience some trouble. How many have ever experienced some trouble in this world? Yes, I have too, right? And God, he helps us in that, through that. And in uh, Joseph, he passed that test, that character test, and we can pass it as well. And today, we're going to move on to the third that we're calling the palace test. And I know that's a lot of P's. And don't worry, there's more P's coming uh, as the series goes on. I, I, I'm not smart enough to put all these P's together, but, uh, but we're following, uh, following a, a pattern out of the book that I mentioned. And it's interesting that after, not long after Joseph was in the pit and in that test, he finds himself in a palace serving Potiphar. And really, this is, a palace test is really A test of stewardship. And that's what we're going to talk about today. A test of stewardship. And I want just to uh, set you at ease. uh, We are going to talk about money in this series. That will be the prosperity test. That's another P. It will be coming in a few weeks. But today we're going to avoid that context of money and really talk about our lives as a whole. And really stewardship for today means the job Of supervising or taking care of something from someone else. And so the idea here is it's a message today about our work. How we interact with society. And that before the before you dismiss and say, you know, the, that's you know, that's not for me, or you say, oh, I'm not in the workforce, or I don't, you know, I don't do work. No, you do. It's about God's work in and through you. It's a simple concept we're going to talk about today, and I want to encourage you not to miss it. See, I think every dream, every great dream. Every great destiny carries with it great responsibility. And that responsibility relates to a stewardship principle. And the question that we have to wrestle with is, what are we going to do with someone else's stuff, with someone else's goods or services? How are we going to steward, take care of, supervise, monitor? And my mind, this last week, went to my day's In Royal Rangers. How many have ever heard of Royal Rangers? Just raise your hand. All right, there's a few of you. Okay, not very many. So let me just explain what Royal Rangers is. When I was a boy at church, we had Royal Rangers, and it was like Boy Scouts but with Christian principles. And, and I would say Boy Scouts has Christian principles, but it was very much a Christian program. And it was, this was the logo there uh, for Royal Rangers. And one of the things I remember uh, distinctly is that every time we went somewhere as Royal Rangers, we had a little mantra that we were going to leave that place better than when we got there. How many are tracking with me? So if we're out at a restaurant and, uh, and, and getting ice cream at McDonald's, we're going to leave McDonald's better than when we got there. If we're camping, the campground is going to look better than when we got there. Or if we're on a trail, we're going to pick up things. We're going you know, to leave it better because we wanted to be good stewards and I learned that in Royal Rangers. We I still will say that oftentimes when we're in a group of with a group of people, hey, we want to leave it better than when we got there. That's a stewardship principle. I also my mind went this week to Ford Motor Company. My dad worked for Ford Motor Company for 30 years and now has been retired for a lot of years, but I remember distinctly that my dad would often say, I do not work for Ford Motor Company. I work for the Lord. I work as unto the Lord. How many of you have ever heard that phrase before? Yeah, I hope you have. And what's interesting is my dad would come home and tell stories at times that the guys would, uh, would say, Dan, slow down. Don't do so much work because we need the overtime on Saturday. To make our bills. And my dad would say, No, I'm gonna work as unto the Lord. I'm gonna put a good day's wage in or a good day's work in. And I remember. And what's interesting is my dad prospered. He was a hard worker and he got ahead even in Ford. And uh, he was a high low driver for uh, most of those years. And uh, God blessed him in that. So I've got a question for us. If we had a good work ethic like my dad, or if we worked hard, or had the right mindset, don't you think things would prosper you? Not only for you, but for those around you? And that's the point of today's test of stewardship. And really, what I want to wrestle with is the idea that when we do what God says to do, we work as unto the Lord, it will cause us to prosper. Now, when we talk about prosperity, some people get uneasy. Some people are like, oh, no, you know, you're just a prosperity gospel uh, preacher. Well, uh, I am really not a... Uh, prosperity gospel preacher, but it, I do believe that prosperity is a biblical idea. It's found in Scripture, and unfortunately, a few people uh, will will take things to an excess and spoil the truth of God's word around prospering in this on this side of eternity. And uh, you know, I, let's not let Satan confuse us. I was saying first service uh, a a few years ago when I lived in Dayton, Ohio. That I was selling a car. It was a nice car uh, that uh, someone had blessed us with, and, and we were, it was ready. To, we were time to sell it, and uh, it was a nice Acura. Uh, if you don't know what that is, an Acura Legend 94 is a beautiful car. But anyway, uh, uh, a pastor showed up from town. I didn't know him, and he showed up to, to, the, to look at the car, and he told me after he took the test drive, he said, you know, the Lord told me that I was going to get this car. And I said, well, praise the Lord. All right. And uh, I said, well, you know, this is the price. And and he said, but the Lord shared with me that you were going to give it to me for half off and um, for half of what you're asking. And I said, well... The Lord hasn't told me that. And, uh, and he was the prosperity gospel type. He went on to say, no, you know, God, he brings things into my life. And, and, uh, and you know, I'm in the Lord's work. And, and, uh, and the Lord is prospering. And, and certainly he's going to do it. And I'm saying, not today, sir. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and we moved on. I sold it to someone else. But that, that's the excess. And we, maybe you've seen that or, or maybe you've heard of that. And, and that is not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is that God does want to prosper you. He wants you to be successful. And there's a lesson for each of us and for our kids to learn that there would be a family legacy of hard work and and success and prosperity. And the stakes are high. And it's for each and every one that are listening here, those that are online And I just believe that if you work for the Lord, he will reward you. He will promote you. He will bless you. And we can use my dad's example. We can use Joseph's example. I I like Joseph's example because Joseph did not work for Potiphar. We're going to see that today. He worked for the Lord. He did not work for the prison guard. He worked for the Lord. He did not work for Pharaoh later on, the king of Egypt. He worked as unto the Lord. Joseph is a great example of great stewardship that was given to him in his hands, and he prospered. In fact, let's look at it. Genesis chapter 39. Verse 23, this is the story where Joseph is in prison, which we're going to get to in a couple weeks. But it says the warden had no more worries. Why? Because Joseph took care of everything. Everyone say "Everything." everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Joseph passed the test of stewardship that we're going to get to. He prospered. And the key that we're going to try to come together to answer today is what is the key to prosperity? How do we pass the palace test? And so let's look at it. Genesis 31, or I'm sorry, 39, verses 1 through 6 is the story. We'll pick it up. It says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So Pharaoh's the king of Egypt. Potiphar is in the, kind of like the, the, an officer, uh, probably a eunuch, which is kind of interesting when you study it, but uh, he, it, was, it would be like he was the head of the CIA, kind of a special forces, uh, so to speak. But when you look at Joseph in this situation, Joseph was a slave. He had no rights, no inheritance, he didn't understand the foreign language. He had no advantages, no authority. And then there's Potiphar in this story. So there's Joseph and Potiphar. And Potiphar is presumably not a follower of Yahweh God. Uh, we don't know that for sure. He may have turned his life to him because of Joseph's example. But he's guided by God to pick Joseph out of a line of slaves and said, that's Joseph, come and work for me. And even in adversity, we see God's hand on his life. And then in verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph. If you haven't underlined that in your Bible yet, you need to. And so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. So the Lord was with him. And let me just speak to us that the Lord is with us no matter what. We talked about it last time in the pit. He's with us. And here's Joseph. He's a slave. He's away from home. He's in the midst of trouble. And he was experiencing success, prosperity. Let's continue. Verse 3. It says, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Everything Joseph did seemed to work. And so you can say, God did not. Abandon joseph there in that situation no he was right there with him and the great thing is people noticed people noticed joseph for sure but they noticed even more it was god at work people noticed uh and it it says that they realized that the lord was with him and the same same is true for us people will notice not us but the lord Verse four, it says that he, this pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Pause for a second. Joseph is a slave, and he's getting promoted. How about that? He's a slave, and he's blessed. He's a servant, just like Jesus in the New Testament said that we should be the servant of all. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. And what's great is that things were never better for Potiphar. Verse 5, it says, From that day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. We're, for Joseph's sake, we'll come and talk about that in a minute. It says, all his household affairs ran smoothly, his crops and livestock flourished. Potiphar is now prospering, and Joseph is being promoted. But let's not be too quick because, to, to be like, man, this is like the ideal situation. No, Joseph is still a slave. He still has no rights, no inheritance, but what does Potiphar do Er, he puts him in in charge. it says verse six, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. I was thinking about it. wouldn't that be the sweet life I, that has happened for me and Jessica. On two different occasions in our life, we we went on a cruise on our 10-year wedding anniversary and on our 15-year anniversary, and it was great. We should do it again, Jessica. Uh, but um, but we did this, and uh, all you have to do on a cruise is sit and soak in the sun, and they will feed you until you are sick. Uh, they, I mean, they will feed you over and over and over. And I learned on my first cruise that you can ask for as much food as you think you can eat there in fact the first cruise and the second cruise after the first night i ordered two meals at every meal it would come two full meals Sean, it was amazing. It was, it, you got to try it uh, with, uh, with Renissa for sure. And, and I mean, that is the good life. And so, so Potiphar is experiencing the good life because of what Joseph's doing. And then it says at the end of chapter uh, 39, verse 6, says Joseph was very handsome and well-built young man. You say, well, why, does, why is that included? Well, that might give you a clue into where we're headed next week, the purity test. You're going to not want to miss that. Uh, that will be a good one for sure. But, um, but I did do a little digging because that was part of our scripture for today. And I thought, okay, you know, what, is, what is this? What is this verse? And I found out that there are only three times in all of the Bible that someone, a man is described as handsome and well-built. And so only three times in all of Scripture. And so I thought, okay, a word to the guys, we're out of luck. <laughs> uh, it's just not that common, right? And, uh, and then for the ladies, especially if you're expecting, you know, uh, you're saying, man, I'd love to be married or, you know, um, I, I have in my notes, bring your expectations way down. Give us guys a chance, Okay. Because there's not that many handsome and well-built young men. And so anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the stewardship test. Amen? All right, all right. I guess that didn't go over that good. Just like, nah, no, done no, 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 all right. All right, we're talking about the test of character. And that's what matters. And it's not easy. And what's interesting, before we get into the, the keys to prosperity, let me just say this. Jo- uh, Joseph was in Potiphar's house for a long time. This did not happen just overnight. It was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. At 30, uh, we know that he was uh, promoted and kind of started to see the fulfillment of the dream. Uh, later we'll find out is that he was a, probably, most commentators think about 39 years old before his brothers came to, the, to Pharaoh, uh, to, the, uh, to Egypt to get uh, food. And, but that 13 years, from 17 to 30, we know that at least two years were spent in prison, and so up to eleven years, Joseph served in potiphar 's house and That should be just an example of like consistency in time like it takes time it 's not like you get hired and you start working, and all of a sudden all things you know are up and to the right. No, uh, it takes time uh, if you 're going to prosper there's consistency that is. The point. So, let's talk about it. What is the key to prosperity? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could all serve and be blessed as we serve, that we would be blessed and people around us would be blessed because of our work? Wouldn't that be incredible? It says that they were blessed because of Joseph's sake, right? Potiphar was. What if everything you touched prospered? Your relationships prospered? Prospering. That means your marriage would be prospering, your kids would be prospering, your job situation would be prospering, your health, everything. What if everything prospered because of your uh, because of your work? Well, the good news is that you and I can be like Joseph. Robert Morris, in the book, he talks about some keys to prosperity. And that's what we want to focus in on. And the first key to prospering is the presence of God. The presence of God in our lives, we can't underestimate this. Verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and so he succeeded in everything. And yes, I believe that you can assume that Joseph was a hard worker, but the advantage for Joseph was that he understood and spent time in the presence of God. Don't let that slip. It starts here with the presence of God. When we spend time with Jesus, we are better. We will prosper. You say, well, how can you be so certain? Well, the truth is, is God has never failed at anything. How many would agree? He's always good, right? He's always successful. And when we spend time with him, and he becomes a part of our lives, becomes part of our work, we will succeed. It, this is seen all throughout Scripture. Uh, there are many examples, just one to throw at you. Second Kings chapter 18, verse 7, uh, it's a story of Hezekiah. It says, Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. But how or why is that the case? Because look at the beginning. It says, so the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. It starts with the presence of God in our lives. But then you're thinking, okay, well, what's the key to the presence of God? How does that work? Well, the key to the presence of God is obedience. Number two, yes, Joseph was a hard worker, but the advantage for Joseph was that he obeyed the Lord. And this should not surprise us, right? This is how it works in our own lives. And I'm just curious, how many in the room uh, have kids? Uh, If if you're a parent, and even if your kids are grown and out of the house, come on, let me see, where are the parents? All right, there's lots of us here, right? That's how it works, right? With our own kids, Deuteronomy chapter 11, 26 and 27 says this, look, today I'm giving you a choice between blessing and curse, right? To be... Rewarded or you're going to get spanked, right? Uh, It says, you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, that I'm giving you today. And for those of us that have kids, you should understand this scripture, right? You say, son, daughter, you choose, right? You can choose blessing or you can choose discipline. The choice is yours. And I will say, with both of my kids, Reagan and Logan, at different times when they get squirrely, um, I have said to them, Look, and I lean in and I mean it. I'm saying, Look, I can make your life more miserable than you think it is right now. <laughs> and some of you that with little kids, you, know, you can use that term and, uh, and uh, you can just quote me on that one. That would be fine. And uh, the, the case is, listen, when your kids obey, you want to bless them, right? Parents, we do not only need to heed this for our own selves, but we need to teach this to our kids. And my parents were good examples. My dad was a really good example uh, with obedience, and he was always uh, willing to follow through. And I could tell you stories when he followed through and broke the uh, spanker, um, dowel rod. My dad would use a dowel rod. Um, what's under a half inch, uh, three-eighths? No, that's too big. Maybe a quarter inch probably. He'd buy it in four, four foot lengths, and it lasts about a week, it seemed. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dad. I outed you. But uh, that's just the way it is. So, but, but a good spank can help with that. So you say, all right, well, what's the key to obedience, right? So the presence of God, the key there is obedience. Well, the key to obedience is faith. Why does a gardener plant seeds? Because that gardener believes, has faith, that if they plant seeds, it'll grow and it'll bear much fruit. Jessica and I were at the farmer's market yesterday. Had a blast. It was really fun in, in uh, Muskegon. And 4th of July weekend, it was packed. I mean, it was really, uh, we had never been there before. Uh, after 16 years living here, and we finally went. But it was awesome. And and those farmers uh, understand that when they put a seed in the ground, they're expecting a harvest. And we are the benefits of that at the farmer's market or at the grocery store, right? But the problem is in our own lives, we don't believe Deuteronomy chapter 11 that says, I put before you blessing or curse, that there's consequences, right? And today's message is on stewardship in our work and prosperity, and it's not rocket science, church. Do what the Bible says, and your life will be blessed. You will have an abundance. And if you don't do what the Lord encourages you to do, there are consequences to that. Again, a great example is for those of us that are raising kids. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on this earth. I've heard it for a long time. If, man, you obey your parents, you honor your mom and, or your dad, and you're going to live a long time. That's the promise. Well, the first part of the promise is that it will go well with you. That speaks to blessing, to prosperity, right? And if a child understands that, things will go well. There will be rewards. But a child that does not believe or have faith that their parents will follow through with what they've said, that child, let's just be honest, is naughty. <laughs> if a child is told to do something and then there's no follow through when they don't do it, they will do not do what they said. And I understand, Jessica and I, we're out of the young child-rearing age. And, I, and it's hard to remember back then, but I do have sympathy for those of you that have young kids. Uh, it, it's tough, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a job, and uh, it is a lot of work. But can I just encourage parents, be consistent and uh, follow through. Because if you believe that there's a consequence, you will obey. In fact, I've seen a naughty kid show up at a different person's household and they will obey perfectly because they will follow through. And uh, I'm just saying. And the key, though, is the same is true in our own lives. We don't think sometimes, I and mean, we'd never say this, but the way we act, well, it's only a little sin or it's only a little bit. And what Satan does He will trip us up and convince us that there will be no consequences to our shortfall, to our sin in our lives. But if you believed, really, that there was consequences, you would obey. Or if you believed that there was reward for being obedient, you would obey. The point is, is to be faithful. The key to obedience, right? Be faithful and God will reward you. Colossians 3.22, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you, right? Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That's that idea. Work as unto the Lord. And then it says, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Again, you're not working for Ford Motor Company. I don't work for the Gateway Church. You don't work for whatever your company is. You work as unto the Lord. And I was thinking about this in between services for those moms that don't have an outside job. You're working as unto the Lord in your household, and uh, let that be, uh, and you can uh, let that be a blessing, and you can prosper in that circumstance. And it starts with the presence of God starts then moves to obedience and obedience to faith and then you say one more thing what is the key to faith the key to faith is hearing the word of god the key to having faith is hearing And so you, by showing up this morning, you're already doing it. You're hearing the Word of God. If you're online watching, no matter where you are, you are already doing it. You're making a a dent. And everything around you, you're headed towards blessing and prosperity. And so can I just encourage you? It's the Word of God. We should read it. Read it till the pages fall out. We need to memorize it. We need to meditate on it. And as we do... God will be faithful to bless us. Why? Because the word has the power to change your life and my life. It gives you the power for you to prosper. Romans 10:17 says so faith comes by hearing, right? That is hearing the good news about Christ, And I, if you want a challenge for the next 30 days, take the month of July, we're only just a couple days in, and take a proverb a day and get God's word in you. And I promise you, the wisdom that will come, and you put that into practice, you meditate on it, you memorize it, it will make a difference. It will help you succeed. Work as unto the Lord, and you will prosper. What is the key to past This palace test, this test of stewardship, what's the key to prosperity? I asked uh, Bonnie to put it all together, and let's go ahead and see that. It starts with the presence of God. You cannot underestimate this. You don't want to start anywhere else. The presence of God moves us to obedience, and then from obedience, it goes to faith. We put our faith, what builds our faith is the Word of God which, by the way, is the presence of God. How many know the, the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us in John chapter 1, verse 14? And so the Word of God is the presence of God. It starts and finishes there. And again, if you're saying, well, I don't work, I don't have... Listen, no matter what season of life you're in, if you are breathing, you should work as unto the Lord. Now, let's just be honest. Your work is going to look different in different seasons, but regardless, you're not finished until you breathe your last breath. We work as unto the Lord. We are called to pass the test of stewardship. And not only for ourselves, this is something we should invest in our kids and our grandkids. It will give you an advantage. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the team to join me. I want to kind of wrap this up and just understand that um, if you are in a season where you are not prospering in an area of your life, what you say, man, you know, if I look at my life and if I'm honest, there are some areas that I'm not really doing all that hot. Let me just encourage you to meditate on this idea of stewardship. And I want you to pray that God can display his presence through your obedience and your faith in your life. Do you believe that? And I understand it's not easy. It's only with the Lord's help that He that will make you and that to, to put you through. And uh, God, he wants to help each and every one of us in this. Amen. So how does all this apply? What do we do with a message like this? because it's kind of a practical work message stewardship. Well, all along, I would encourage you to find yourself in the story of Joseph. And so far, we've said, you are Joseph, right? You're the hero, right? And so we should be praying, Lord, teach me this test of stewardship. I want to be faithful, right? Where you and I, we're called to serve. And wherever God puts us, that we, we are we're doing the work. We're serving is unto him, right? No matter where we are, we should add value, right? Things should be better around us, just like it was for Joseph. And, uh, and, and by the way, that, that's a great perspective. And it's not only for us personally. That should be for us corporately as well. The fact that the Gateway Church is planted right here in Ferrisburg, the city of Ferrisburg, the lakeshore, the, the ripple effect should be that this area is blessed because we are here. That's a, that's a fact. In fact, tomorrow on July 4th, we're going to be serving the city. And we got 40 or 50 of us that are going to show up and we're, we should make that event tomorrow for the city better because we're there. And so I charge you to do that tomorrow. Because you are the church. You are Joseph, right? But there's another viewpoint in this message that I want to encourage you. That could you see yourself in this story as Potiphar? You say, Potiphar? Well, Potiphar benefited because of Joseph. Everyone tracking with me so far? He was blessed because of Joseph. Well, you're saying, all right, if I'm Potiphar, who's Joseph? Well, we've not talked about it yet in this series, but all through the Old Testament, there are types of Christ. That What that means is there are people in the Old Testament that were an example of what Christ would be. And Joseph, 100%, is a type of Christ. And we're going to see that unfold over the next few weeks. But in this case, with Potiphar and Joseph, let's just put it, put it into practice here. Jesus is Joseph in the story and just as God sent Joseph in the story to Potiphar's house and it was blessed you're tracking with me God sent Jesus into the world so that we would be blessed we are Potiphar we are the blessed ones because of Jesus because of Joseph so to speak let me clarify. What I'm saying is that we are blessed when Jesus is the overseer of our lives. See what I'm saying? See, Joseph was the overseer for Potiphar. If Jesus is the overseer of our lives, in other words, we must give authority over to Jesus in every area, just like Potiphar did and said, Joseph, you control it all. And I believe that when we do that, we will be blessed. We will be blessed. We are Potiphar. And the key for us is uh, this stewardship is, starts with the presence of God and it makes a difference. And then we work through and it ends up with Jesus. It all starts and ends with Jesus. And then let me just, before we talk about our own work and surrendering to Jesus and, and we want to end with the song, I Surrender. But before we get there, let me just pause and say, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day of salvation. We've been praying for you. We've been asking the Lord to move in your heart, and the Lord has been working in your heart. And if you're ready today to make a decision for Christ, don't delay. In fact, with all your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask the question, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, would you just raise your hand if you're ready to receive him? Come on, let's just, if one person first service responded to the salvation call and uh prayed there who in second service just slip up your hand so I can see it if you're online and you're tracking with us and you're just type in the in the message I'm giving my heart to Jesus and we'll follow up with you 100% of the time anybody second service just want to see give you a chance that's why we exist as a lead people bring people to a place of salvation For the sake of those that may be online, let me just say a quick salvation prayer. Lord Jesus, please forgive us of our sin. Cleanse us. Come into our hearts. Make us clean. Jesus, we believe that you died on the cross. We put our faith in you. And Lord, come in and we give you authority. We give you the right to be the overseer of our lives. And Lord, we believe that you will bless us in Jesus' name. I want you to stand right where you are. We want to end the service with an idea. Pastor Doug and I, we as we were talking about this, uh, this message in particular, uh, it, we talked about the idea of surrendering our lives, saying, God, it's all yours, right? We just want to give you everything, that we're not in control of anything. We are just stewards of what God, what Jesus gives us, and the idea that we are blessed when we release. And really, the what... What that looks like practically is the idea of surrender, saying, God, I'm not my own. Take my life, shape me, mold me. And Lord, more than anything, I want to be like you. And for those of us that are in the room that are saying, you know what, Pastor, I want to prosper. I want my family to prosper. It starts in the presence of God. And as we sing this final song, as we're in the presence of God, want you to see the correlation of surrender and stewardship. And uh, I think it's an easy uh, easy way to make that. And what some of you may want to do is to kneel down and say, alright, I surrender. Others of you may want to come to the altar or turn in your seat. I would, I would challenge you to, to make a move, to, to change your position. And let's just surrender together, saying, God, We want to be that type of person where we say, Lord, as unto you, Lord, you can take my life. I am yours. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're working, that you're moving. And even in these final moments, I pray that we would understand this principle of stewardship. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, oh God, move in this place. Amen.
1: Oh, Lord, we surrender all that we are, all of our dreams, Lord God. We pray that you would give us your dreams. Lord, and that we would be obedient to you, God. And when you give us that vision, that dream, God, that we would have faith to believe that you can fulfill it, Lord Jesus. Let us have the stewardship, Lord God. That lines up with you and your word, Lord God. We surrender our very lives to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. We would be good stewards of your call and of your word in every work that we do. Let me Make sure it's in your name, God. We do it all as unto the Lord you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening to this week's
0: message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church